0: All right, well, we've been in a series called Refuting Negative Thoughts. How many of you know you need this? I mean, in general, don't you know that right, I mean, right now in this world, all the time, but don't you, we need to know how to deal with negative thoughts because you know, as well as I know, those things come. They come in every venue. They're going to come to you professionally. They're going to come to you with your physical body. They're going to come to you in relationships. Negative thoughts are going to come... And we need to know what to do when they do come. Let's look at Second Corinthians ten verses or verse three through five. Second Corinthians ten three three through five says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God bringing every thought into captivity to the the obedience of Christ. Notice, um, let's read uh, verse 4. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Verse 5, casting down arguments. But look at the end of verse 4. Pulling down strongholds. What does that mean? People have made all kinds of crazy things having to do with strongholds, saying, you know, talking about strongholds in the heavenlies there are but why are there strongholds in the heavenlies there there are demonic forces and forces of darkness that that do influence nations they influence cities but why are they there you're not when this is not talking about pulling down strongholds and warring with the devil you have no business warring with the devil the devil is defeated jesus did it you don't have to war with the devil this is saying talking about some something specifically it says The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Verse 5, casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So it says what he's talking about. The strongholds, in context, it says casting down arguments, verse 5, in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So we're talking about thoughts. Why do things reign, do strongholds reign over cities? It's because people have believed certain things and give access to the enemy the devil in certain things they believe they've, they've they've accepted beliefs against god they teach things against god they live like that and so they give access to those things and so those are strongholds but how do you deal with pulling down the strongholds you deal with thoughts and beliefs so that people believe different so those things don't have any power they don't have any power over the Christian whatsoever, because Jesus has already redeemed us. Jesus has authority over every force of darkness, and we as Christians have authority. But when you live in a region, if everybody around you is giving access, that means you're going to deal with junk around you. For instance, laws being passed. That should not be, you know, we taught, we've mentioned abortion. The reason abortion is legalized is because people bought a lie that that should happen. But as the light comes and truth and people, I mean, you have to be deceived to believe that. To believe that it's okay to kill a baby, that, that you have to be deceived to believe that. Nobody believes that just out of the, you look at a baby and you're like, oh yeah, it's okay. Oh, and it wasn't a baby, you know, three weeks ago when it was in the womb. Nonsense. Every one of us here, if your life had ended there, you wouldn't be here. It's that easy. We're not going to dive into that, but that's an example of deception. So people pass laws. Why? Because they believe the wrong thing. And it gives people authority. You know, people in authority pass laws, and you know what? People voted them in. What was the judges? People voted the people in that appointed the judges and were confirmed by those people. So... If you have a bunch of people that don't believe it, those people don't get into power. You know, stuff like that doesn't happen. That's not my subject tonight. <laughs> not talking about strongholds, but we need to understand this is talking about your beliefs. It's not talking about people get all these crazy ideas about going out and trying to war against the devil. You don't need to war against the devil. The devil's been defeated. Do what the Bible said and preach the gospel and be a light and preach the truth. And vote for people that believe the truth. Amen. Let's look at it in uh, the NIV, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight are not with the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take thought, or excuse me, we take captive every thought, to make it obedient to Christ. Notice verse 5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So anything that opposes God's word, that's what we're dealing with. And those th- try to, things are going to try to get into your mind. That's what we've been dealing with this whole series. Anything negative, truly negative, that's not of God. You need to get it out. You need to deal with it. Otherwise, it'll, it, there will be strongholds in your mind that will be there and... Over time, that's how those things got there is because you had thoughts. Anything that's, you know, not according to the Word of God, these thoughts come in, they get grounded into, into your hand, your mind, and we need to do something to get those thoughts out. And we've been talking about this. We're just recapping as we move forward here. Ephesians 4, verse 22. If you didn't hear other messages and you'd like to, those messages available, are available on YouTube Facebook, our website, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, a number of places that you can go back and listen to them. Ephesians 4.22 says, "...that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness." So you put off... Things that are old and put on the new. How do you do that? Verse twenty three says, "Be renewed in the spirit of your mind." We need we need mind renewal. We need to reprogram anything that's not of God in our mind. We need to reprogram it with God's word. In Romans twelve two, it says, "Do not be conformed to this world." So don't do things the way the world does. They're wrong. I mean, if they're if the world. Call, it, specifically talking about ungodliness in the world, it's wrong. It's, if it's against God, it's wrong. And people may agree with it. That doesn't mean... It, have you noticed the majority a lot of times is wrong? So don't... Everybody's doing it. Well, that doesn't mean anything. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Be transformed. How? How is your behavior and your life going to be transformed? How are you not going to conform to what the world does? By the renewing of your mind with what? The Word of God. What God said is right. So if we find, and we will, as we find things that in our mind do not agree with the Word of God, we need to do something with it and replace those thoughts with the Word of God so that we can think like Him so we can be transformed. That's how your life is transformed, that's how your marriage is transformed. That's how your work, place, behavior, and your business is transformed is because you get God's thoughts and you start implementing God's thoughts. You know God's right. His ways are right. He already knows how to to have a good marriage. He created it. He knows how to have a good family. He created it. There's so many ideas on the earth. Well, you don't do it. I know... You know, Michelle was talking about some that you And people get all their ideas and they make up philosophies and all kinds of things. And then they're like, well, let's do it this way. It sounds good. But it's not proven. Yeah. The Word of God is try, tried and proven. He knows. He created the family. He knows how a family needs to run. He knows how children need to be raised. He knows how a husband and wife can relate to one another. And how it is best. And the world has ideas and say, oh, no, that's not right. Well, they're wrong. If it contradicts the Word of God, it's wrong, and it will be proven to be wrong. So we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. So we've talked about, you know, renewing our mind, talked about some different aspects of refuting thoughts, talked about some different um, types of thoughts and aspects uh, of of this fight uh, of um, getting rid of thoughts, casting down thoughts, and walking according to God's Word. Now let's look at Matthew 21, 21 tonight talk about another aspect you know we're just going through some of these this isn't an exhaustive teaching on you know the subject but you know as the spirit of god leads we believe you know just emphasizing different things and especially how to fight because it is a fight your mind is the battlefield and we talked about that just a little earlier why are strongholds you know they talking about strongholds in your mind but why those other strongholds get built because people have believed thoughts And in their lives and in their communities where they're they're listening to the wrong things. So as your mind changes, then your life changes. So if if Satan can get thoughts into your head that'll contradict the Word of God, get you to buy them, then he can control your life. He can move you away from God, even if you're a Christian. See, he doesn't have any direct authority, but if he can dupe you, now he can take authority, just like a con artist. That's what he is. He's a con. He's a deceitful being you know, you don't, somebody may not have direct authority to your bank account, but if they can write you an email or text and get you to give it to them, you gave it to them. Happens every day. They didn't come down, knock down the door and say, give me the money. They tricked you to give you the access to your money so they could steal it. That's how the devil works. How does he do it? Get you to believe something that's not true so that you you end up with something that you don't have to put up with, but you're putting up with it because you believed a lie. I believed a lie. That's what he does. Yes. Let's look at Matthew 21, <clears throat> 21. We're going to talk about an area that the devil will bring. The enemy will bring that thoughts will come in your mind and we need to know how to deal with this type of thoughts And we're talking about practicalities of how to walk through some of these things Matthew 21 21 Jesus talking says, so Jesus answered and said to them Assuredly, I say to you if you have faith and do not doubt You will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Go back to verse 21. Notice what he said. If you have faith and do not doubt. If you have faith, what is faith? Believing in God and you don't doubt. What is that? You're doubting God. But if you have faith and don't doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree. He had cursed the fig tree. The, the fig tree had shriveled up. He said, also, you would, not only that, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Let's look at Mark eleven twenty-two, Parallel verse, another account or uh, account of the same happening. It says, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God for assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. Now, it said another one, it just said, don't doubt if you have faith and don't doubt. Now it's going to bring, give us a little bit more detail. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. So if you believe and you don't doubt in, in your heart, it says, then something will happen. Whoever, notice it says whoever. Whoever says, so this isn't talking about any certain class of people, any certain position, any certain background. It just means whoever does this, it will work. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart. Now we're going to talk about that. He doesn't doubt in his heart but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. So I want to talk about doubt in the context of talking about refuting thoughts because you are going, I am going to be tempted to doubt God and the way those things come is through There's going to be thoughts that are going to come to your mind Circumstance may happen, but then it's how you think about the circumstance that's going to affect It's not just the circumstance because the circumstance doesn't make you think anything The circumstance happens and thoughts come and now you have a choice on how you're going to look at the circumstance It's how you look at the circumstance that counts. How is what determines how you look at the the circumstance what you're thinking about it some, somebody can see a circumstance and look at it and say, there's no way through. Another person can look at the circumstance and say, we're going over. Well, you're going to have thoughts that come that are going to try to get you to doubt God. To doubt what God has said in His Word. To doubt God, what God has said to you personally. When I say that, we're talk, that's, we're, we have series on that, talking about being led by the Spirit of God. He leads you, number one, by His Word. He leads you by His Spirit, quickening, by what we call the inward witness. Uh, In Romans 8, 14, it says, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. In other words, everybody that's a child of God can be led by the Spirit of God. And somebody says, you know, in this day and age, whoa, you think you hear from God? Well, you better be able to hear from God. God, everything that you need to know for living isn't in the Word. Every all the principles are there But in other words, the word does not tell you who to marry The word of god the bible does not tell you what job to take the word of god does not tell you where to live The bible doesn't tell you what car to buy. So that's just natural. Well, hey What car will work out for you? God is interested in all your life Just like he's a father just like you care about your children's life. That's the same way with our father god and so We need to know what the Word says. His general principles are all that's truth, but then the Spirit of God can quicken you in things for your life. What should you do in errors? Now, people can go off on the deep end on that, but there's a reality that you can be prompted, you can be led. I'm not talking about audible voices in general. God's not going to talk to you in an audible voice in general. He's just going to quicken you on the inside, nudge you, lead you, and show you what you should do. That will always be in line with His Word. So, if God has led you, if He's guided you, if the Word of God says something, then you stand on what He said, but there is going to be a temptation, there's going to be thoughts to try to get you to doubt what God said, and that is always trying to steal from you. In other words, God said something, the Word of God says He's trustworthy, He's faithful, but then there's going to be conditions, and with those conditions and circumstances, there are going to be thoughts that say it may not be just like this you know it may may not be just like a a word like this but it's the thoughts are going to say it's not going to happen for you this is not god's not going to come through it may not be that explicit it may just be a mental picture of you failing it may a mental picture of something happening to your kids maybe a mental picture of something happening to your business maybe a mental picture of a video rolling off of you in the hospital and you not making it, any number, those are thoughts. It could take all kinds of forms. Could be just a thought that's like, we're not going to make it. Don't see how. That's doubt. When it's against God, what God said, those are doubts. Now, one thing I want to bring out this evening, very practical, very real, we all have thoughts come to our mind that are doubt. Every single person will have those thoughts come to your mind. It's what we do with it. There isn't a person in here that you're gonna go through your life and not have something that's a doubt that's against what God said. Could be, you know, something against God in general. Well, I don't know if God's gonna, you know, take care of me. I don't I don't know if God exists. You know, I don't know if you know, this is really true in my life. I, I don't know if he's going to take care of me, any number of things, but it's a doubt on what God said versus what, you, what he's going to do. And Satan will bring those doubts to you. Now, one very practical thing I want to bring out is you, you will have thoughts come to your head, but what you do with them will determine what you experience. But what part about that is you can have thoughts of doubt in your head, if you have faith in your heart you can still get the victory and it's very important that we understand this because if you think that if you have a doubt thought a doubt a doubtful thought or a thought of a thought of doubt come to your head and somehow you're doubting you're gonna lose and that's one thing the devil tell you is well why why is that thought in your head you're doubting god you can have a thought hit your head you can resist it yeah but the doubts there so you're not really believing he'll tell you that if you buy that you'll lose cuz now you're, you're you're already starting to slip you'll start getting out of faith but that's not true look at look at verse 23 mark 11 verse 23 <clears throat> It says, for assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea and does not doubt where in his heart, does not doubt in his heart. See doubts come to your head, but faith is of the heart. If you let it get into your heart to where you start dropping the whole thing, that's when you're in trouble. But just because you have, you're dealing with some mental things. That doesn't mean, that just means you're, you're, you're battling. Just don't let the doubts get from your head and start influencing what you believe to where you just give up on faith. Then you will lose. But just because you have doubts assault your head does not mean you're losing, doesn't mean anything's even wrong. That is normal. Fear, we talked about fear last week, and fear and doubt go hand in hand. In fact, I'm going to read some things to you a little bit later. It just, they they, they the, the, the enemy will bring thoughts and when I talk about the enemy the devil We have an adversary on the earth called satan called the devil you and I are not dealing directly with the devil There are demons and evil spirits. The devil Is the lord of the underworld, but he's defeated by jesus, but you're you know You'll deal with thoughts you could deal with these things without ever having contacted a, a, An actual demon because they're embedded in all kinds of things in society in other words, something was pushing. We're not talking about being possessed. We're not talking about even oppression. But just where, do you, where does all the evil in society come from? What well, ultimately was introduced by Satan, but then it's propagated. There are devils and evil spirits in the world, but they, people have gotten these ideas, and they're embedded in books we read, websites we see, movies we watch. That's why you have to be very careful what you put into your mind. You're watching something. And there's a thought that's causing you to doubt. It's showing, you know, this movie is causing you to believe that, you know, there's there's something on the movie and that person's dying of cancer. And the thought will come, that could happen to you. Don't believe that. That's a lie. That's not against, that's not along with God's word, but that's being interjected into your mind. So the the things are going to hit your mind from all different ways. But don't think just because you had a thought, well, that's me doubting. No, thoughts come from all kinds of places. And there is an enemy, there they they will be thoughts that will try to be interjected into your head. Injected into your head. You should say, whenever you have a thought that's negative, where did that come from? What's the source of that? So the enemy will tell you, well, that's you. Not, not, in, for, not in third person. It's first person. What? Where did that come from? Why did I think of that? But if we have a thought come of doubt, that doesn't mean you're doubting that you're not believing. It just means you're dealing with something in your head, and that's why we need to put a uh, push against it. Look at Romans 10, verse 9. This will free you up. This will arm you to deal with the things that come against you in everyday life and realize what's going on and allow you to come through. Yes. Romans uh, 10 verse 9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe where? In heart. Believe in your house. Talking about being born again, but notice this principle applies to everything that we believe with God. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Talking about being saved, talking about trusting on the Lord Jesus and what He's done. If you what? Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. If you confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart. Talking, not talking about your heart, your blood pump. The Bible calls um, the spirit of man the heart. In First in Thessalonians five twenty three, it says uh, it talks about the spirit, soul, and body. May you be uh, preserved, blameless, your your spirit, soul, and body. The man is a spirit, the spirit being gonna live forever. You you have a soul that's your mind, will, and emotions gonna that's your personality, everything that's gonna abide forever. And then your body, your body's not gonna live forever. Thank God, we're gonna get a new body, but the but man is a three part being. It's important to know. We have series on that. We have books out there on that. But we need to understand we're a spirit being. That's the part of you, the real you. That's how you believe. you got your mind, will, and emotions. That's how you're going to deal with certain things on this earth. But you can't run your life based on that. Your mind is where these thoughts are going to hit. The part of you that believes God is your spirit. The real you, your core. And the Bible says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus... And believe in your heart or your spirit that god has raised him from the dead that's how you're saved in other words you don't get saved just by believing some mental thing just saying oh yeah I believe no it's your heart you 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 believe it with your heart it's not just a mental ascent notice the next verse for with the heart one believes where do you believe with your heart your spirit for with the heart one believes that's your believer not your head For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So it's with your heart you're believing. It's not with your head. So if we go back to Mark 11, verse 23. So Jesus is saying, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart. So you're believing with your heart. It says, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will come to pass. He will have whatever he says. So you believe with your heart. Can you go back to the last slide? You believe with your heart. That's where doubt can creep in, it gets in your thoughts, but if you let it get to your heart, you're in trouble. But if it's in your thoughts, you're not in trouble. That's where you need to refute it. So you can have doubt assaulting your mind. You've believed God. You've said, God, I trust you in whatever area it is. Now thoughts will come to you. That is going to happen because there is a pushback. There is an enemy. If you're going to believe God, Satan does not want you. To be successful in any area of life taking ground for the kingdom of god So he's going to push back you make a decision You're going to do something in your marriage according to the word of god Just mark my words. I'm not this is not declaring anything evil over you It's just we the bible says we have an adversary and we know how he operates And one way he operates is trying to bring doubt he's going to bring thoughts and, and tell you it's not working It won't work financially. He'll do that Health wise, he'll do that in any area where you start believing God, there's going to be thoughts of doubt coming to say it's not working. It won't work. You're going down. You might as well give it up. Just go out and do what you were doing before. There's no use serving God. In fact, God doesn't exist and you're a fool and all these are all thoughts of doubt. But they can hit your head. And if you say, oh, no, what's that doing in my head? I must have thought I'm doing the wrong thing and start panicking. You're you're being duped. At that point, we say, oh, yeah, that's how you operate. You're trying to hit that. I'm believing anyway. My heart is strong, and you you believe what the Word of God says, and then you do something with that thought. You cast it down. How do you cast it down? With the Word of God. You go back and believe and say what the Word of God says anyway. You go back and say that. You know, like we read in the offering time about tithing. And it says, mark my words. The Bible, the uh, the the word says there, try me now on this, if I won't pour out for you such a blessing that you can't receive it. You won't be able to contain it. Well, Satan will push on you. Say, yeah, you're you're spending 10, you're giving 10% of your money. Where? You're a fool. You could have been banking that. That's what it'll tell you. Isn't that not, not going to come back to you? Except God said it would. And he's right. But you'll have thoughts of doubt. It's not you have to we got to determine in our mind what do we believe we believe what god said or are we going to take what some man said because then you're dealing with him but you'll have thoughts of doubt that'll try to tell you That's not, that doesn't work well you got an issue with god because his word said it would the bible says by by jesus stripes you're healed the devil will tell you that is not going to work there's no such thing as you being healed by the power of God. The Bible says there is. Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. That's Acts ten thirty eight. The Bible says Jesus went about doing good and healing. The Bible says by his stripes, his, the, what he took, you are healed. Well, you start believing God, the, the, there's thoughts that say, this is stupid. It's not going to work for you. Well, what do you do? That's a thought of doubt. Well, just because you have that thought, if you start thinking, what am I going to do? I'm thinking this. I'm going to, it's not going to work. Well, that's what, that, that's the, that's the idea. That's the attack. But if you know, oh no, I'm not falling for that. I'm going to believe what God said. What God said is true. And I believe his word. And he's going to do what he said because he never fails. So that's what I believe. You just start saying that. You believe that. You are refuting that thought and you're in. You're not buying the lie that somehow that thought dictates where you're going to end up. Don't, don't just say, I'm not going to think on that. I'm not going to think on that. Oh, no. I'm not. No, just say, say what the word of God says and affirm your belief in what God says. And then cast down that thought and say, no. What do you say right after you say, no, I'm not thinking that. You say what the word of God says. And no, and you just say no. Nope, I'm believing, and the Bible, or excuse me, the, the devil will literally. You are believing God, and he'll tell you it's not working. And you say, how, question: How would you know it's not working? Because he's trying to get you to look at circumstance that says it's not working. But believing has nothing to do with what you see. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. So right in the middle of that, just because you had a thought, you say, oh, it's working. The devil will tell you it's not working. When he knows it's working, what he's trying to get you to do is drop your guard and say, oh, it's not working. Drop your belief, because then it won't work. Because the Bible said, if you believe in your heart, whoever says to this mountain, it will come to pass. Be removed, be cast in the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believe those things he says will come to pass. He will have whatever he says. The Bible says that. But if you just, if you relinquish your belief, let those thoughts overtake you, to where you're just letting that bounce around in your head, and that overtake you to where it starts affecting what you believe. Now, yeah, that's, a, that's the plan. That's the attack. <clears throat> Let's look briefly at Matthew 14:22. We read this last week. It says immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. While he said while he sent the multitudes away. Now they're going to the other side. That's what Jesus said. You're going to the other side. When he had sent the multitudes away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening has come was come or when evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea tossed by the waves for the wind was contrary. So they are going to the other side, but the boat is tossed. No, Notice these guys are with Jesus. Now he's sent them out, but they're with God. God Almighty in the flesh, He they're walking with him, but they're in a situation now where the, situ- the circumstance looks very bad. These guys are fishermen, they've been around the sea, and they are in a situation where it looks bad. Verse 24, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. This actually happened. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But verse 27, but immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer, as I do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, come to me. If it is is you command me to come to you on the water verse 29 So he said come and when peter had come down out of the boat He walked on the water to go to jesus and when he saw That the wind was boisterous. He was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out lord save me So notice he told jesus It's in the middle of a storm, but he sees jesus. He said if it's you tell me to come jesus said come And Peter started walking, but it says when he saw all this stuff going on. It said, verse 30, when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. So he saw there's waves, there's wind, there's all this going on and he's afraid. So he cries out to to the Lord, says, Lord, save me. Verse 31, immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. And said to them, said to him, "O you of little faith, why did you what doubt?" Doubt. So Jesus told him, "Come." He's walking on the water, but now he starts to see something else that hits his mind, and he becomes afraid, and he starts to sink. He started to sink when he started to doubt, because Jesus said. You have little faith, why did you doubt? So, why did you doubt that you could do what I told you to do? Jesus said, Come. If Jesus said, Come, the power was there for Peter to come. And it was there because Peter walked on the water, which you can't do normally. The only way he could do it was believe in God. See, as long as he believed God, he was good. But then he started to doubt. And this is what happens. You'll start doubting and you'll start going down, doubting where we read. we know believing is from the heart and doubting is of the heart. So this wasn't just a thought hitting Peter. Peter gave in and was like, there's no way and that's why he started to sink. This is what the enemy's going to try to do is get you to stop believing and you to, to make you go down in whatever in whatever area you're believing God for. Get you to take your mind off God or take your believing off God and start being influenced by the stuff around you. Now, I want to read you a a couple of these Psalms. I'm I'm 99.9% sure this first one was Brother Hagin that I wrote down a long time ago in a file. I just didn't label Brother Hagin because I probably thought that was obvious. And like I said, I'm almost 100% positive this is him, but I I don't want to say um, it was a Psalm that he wrote. Second one absolutely is Brother Hagin. When I say Brother Hagin, I'm talking about Kenneth E. Hagen, Sr., went on to be with the Lord. Um, greatly used of, of God. You don't, you don't exalt people, but you honor people that have been affected by God, just like, or affected um, your life, um, that God has used just like you do in the natural. You know, you don't put people on a pedestal, but you do honor people. And he was mightily used of God and had an amazing walk with the Lord and affected the whole world. Uh, started the school that, you know, we graduated from, Rhema Bible Training College in uh, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, that my children are are going to. Brandon's graduated, Andrew's going. And so anyway, that's just for, if you don't know who we're talking about, uh, but this is inspired by the Lord. I want you to, they're both about um, believing God. And, ref, and they reference fear and doubt. And uh, I just want you to listen to them. The first one says, "Faith always has a good report." I walk by faith and not by sight. Now I'm going to read that again. These are, brother Haywood, talk about you just pray out in the spirit, or sometimes he's not. You, they just come up anyway and pray the spirit. Talk about you know speaking in tongues, which the Bible says, but pray out in the spirit. But these things would just come out of his heart, and he would just speak them out. Just Psalms, but he's just speaking out of his heart, and they're coming. They're inspired by the. They're not just out of his head. They're inspired by. Uh, the spirit of God. Faith always has a good report. I walk by faith and not by sight. I am a faith person. I refuse doubt. I refuse fear. I am a faith child of a faith God. My faith works. I always have a good report. I refuse an evil report. I am on God's side and he is on my side. I belong to God. I serve God. I am a child of God. I believe God. I believe, God, that it shall be even as it was told me in His holy word. God's word cannot fail. I cannot fail. I am standing on the word. I am standing on the promises. You see that has just has a punch behind it? You could say that to you. You could read it over. You could say it to yourself. That, that's inspired by the word of God. It is all based on the word of God. Notice it says, I won't doubt. I don't doubt. I refuse doubt. I refuse fear. I'm standing on what God said, and I'm not going to be moved by it. That is believing God. And when thoughts come, no, I'm not going to believe it. I'm believing. You just reaffirm that you believe. Now, this next one it specifically references fear and doubt and how they're used to try to get you off. Fear and doubt, two tormenting twins of Satan that have come down here to buffet you about. "'Fear and doubt, weapons of the enemy to unsettle your faith "'and cause you trouble and worry and sickness too. "'Fear and doubt come not from heaven above, "'but from Satan below. "'Fear and doubt are not of God, as you well know. "'But faith has come from the Lord above, "'faith and love, walk in love and live by faith. "'Shout above the turmoil, shout above the doubt, "'shout above the fear, it is done.'" It is mine. What God has promised, He's able to perform down here. Amen. He's able to do it. He's able. You just notice it said, shout above the, 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 the turmoil. Shout above the doubt. When there's things that try to hit your mind, you go above it and say, no, no, what God said is going to happen. That's how you deal with those thoughts. And you believe with your heart and stay there. And God's word will come to pass every time.